All right, let's keep going. We're back in Job 39, Job 39, Job 39. The Lord's challenge continues. Do you know when the wild goats give birth? Have you watched as deer are born in the wild? Do you know how many months they carry their young? Are you aware of the time of their delivery? They crouch down to give birth to their young and deliver their offspring. Their young grow up in the open fields, then leave home and never return. Who gives the wild donkey its, its who gives the wild donkey its freedom? Who untied its ropes? I have placed it in the wilderness. Its home is the wasteland. It hates the noise of the city and has no driver to shout at it. The mountains are its pasture land, where it searches for every blade of grass. Will the wild ox consent to be untamed? Will it spend the night in your stall? Can you hitch a wild ox to a plow? Will it plow a field for you? Will it plow a field for you? Given its strength, can you trust it? Can you leave and trust the ox to do your work? Can you rely on it to bring home your grain and deliver it to your threshing floor? The ostrich flaps her wings grandly, but they are no match for the feathers of the stork. She lays her eggs on the top of the earth. She lays her eggs on top of the earth, letting them be warmed in the dust. She doesn't worry that a foot might crush them or a wild animal might destroy them. She is harsh toward her young as if they were not her own. She doesn't care if they die, for God has deprived her of wisdom. He has given her no understanding, but whenever she jumps up to run, she passes the swiftest horse with its rider. Have you given the horse its strength or clothed its neck with a flowing mane? Did you give it the ability to leap like a locust? Its majestic snorting is terrifying. <clears throat> it paws the earth and rejoices in its strength when it charges out to battle. My bad. I'm like reading. My reading is a little off today. <clears throat> Let's go back to verse 20. Did you give it the ability to leap like a locust? Its majestic snorting is terrifying. It paws the earth and rejoices its strength. It rejoices in its strength when it charges out to battle. It laughs at fear and is unafraid. It does not run from the sword. The arrows rattle against it and the spear and javelin flash. It paws the ground fiercely and rushes forward in its battle when the ram's horn blows. It snorts at the sound of the horn. It senses the battle in the distance. It quivers at the captain's commands and the noise of battle. Is it your wisdom that makes the hawk soar and spread its wings toward the south? Man, it's funny, like, as I'm thinking about that, a lot of humans, we think we're so special because we can tame a horse or, you know, they have this whole process of, uh, you know, horse training and preparing them. Yeah, for years, people have trained them for battle and to be used to ride. And anyway, but we really think that's like us, like something about us, like we're so special that we got this horse. So like even simply like training a dog. We think we're so special because, oh, we taught it all these tricks and to sit. And, you know, there's people that get paid thousands of dollars just to train dogs for, you know, races and stuff. We think that ability is 
it's all us. It's like, no, that's God working through us to be able to do that. And ultimately, God is the one who makes that creature because he told us to have dominion over all the earth, over all the animals in the earth. So they're just simply obeying the command that God gave them. So anything, anytime an animal obeys us, always we should always give credit to God for that. And I think it's just our special powers that made that happen. It's so easy to get prideful and then to think we... I mean, yeah, to to boast in ourselves rather than boast in the one who gave us the power to do anything. So, where is it? Where was, uh, all right, verse 26. Is it your wisdom that makes the hawk soar and spread its wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle rises to the heights to make its nest? It lives on the cliffs, making its home on a distant rocky crag. From there, it hunts its prey, keeping watch with piercing eyes. Its young gulp down blood. Where there's car- a carcass, you'll find it. Where there's a carcass, there you'll find it. Interesting. All right, let's keep going. Be right back. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.